It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located, here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes, episode 32, and we're going to have a guest co-host this evening. We're going to talk about some bike projects, some bike riding from a relatively new rider, and some other news topics and kind of set the stage for our next episode. So you're getting this episode a little quicker than we have been in the past. Um, I wouldn't say we're on a weekly cadence, but we're definitely picking up the pace. And for this particular episode, we are spread across multiple continents. So we'll start with the one farthest to the south. Mr. Hogan, how are you? What's up? What's up? My man, I am in a remote location in San Miguel, Mexico. Oh, see, I wasn't going to give you up like that, but all right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Now, now, do I even need to ask, are you into the the beer or the tequila? Oh, you know what? I'm across, <laughs> I'm across all spectrums out this way. I'm doing the tequila. I'm doing the, the brew. I'm doing the wine. I'm all over the place out here, bro. Good man. Well, kind of like I did last year, I'm, I'm kind of breaking my first pumpkin. <laughs> and it's like November. <laughs> Shut up. Really? Yeah, I got Dogfish Head's Pumpkin Ale. This is a, what is this for alcohol? Seven seven percent. So this ought to be just about right. Oh my goodness! You know what? The, the pumpkin beer I've just been loving so far is that UFO Unfiltered Pumpkin Ale. Oh, to me that's been just the cream of the crop. Yep, Harpoon makes a good beer. So, all right, let's head up east a little, Mister Miracle. How you doing, man? Hey, doing good. Just it's been a busy evening, and uh, you know. It, we're going international now since Rico's gone, you know, across the border. We've gone international. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was talking about guys, a couple of guys tonight um, that I work with, and they're wanting to say, hey, what are we doing? And I brought up the fact that your Rico is in Mexico, and they're like, and I said, oh, so you've gone international. So that was kind of the yeah, big time, piece. Big time. They kind of helped me out with that little phrase, so I had to remember it. So That's cool. Well, let's get to a little chit-chat here, and we're going to bring in our our guest co-host when we get to the U-turn. We don't have a lot to go through here, but I've been doing a little bit of local riding lately, and I know, Rico, you're kind of out of country, but, you know, it kind of reminds me, as I was out tooling around, did a couple of lunch rides, one this week and a couple last week, and it just reminds me that, man, you need to ride, like, in traffic and in, sort of, in your zone, right, To, to stay sharp, because I just, I went over to South Park, and you know that's not too far from the house, and it's like... Just a few minute ride, and I swear I almost got hit like three times. It's like, <laughs> so I guess it's kind of like a, a fighter, right? You got to go out and practice every day, and you got to be in shape for all the obstacles. It, it was un- unreal. Yeah, you especially out in South Park, you have to ride a little bit more aggressively, I would imagine. Yeah, it's like an aggressive defense, I guess. Right. But it wasn't bad. I went over to my favorite Apple store and kind of oogled over all the new toys and before we put John to sleep we'll get back to the bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Apple? Oh. What what new toy do they have out now? I was checking Oh no, I was checking out the iPad Pro just 
probably not something I'll buy, but it was just something I wanted to see uh, in person. It's pretty neat. I got to admit, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I have a Surface from work, and it's it's the Surface is a pretty neat little machine that I have, and it, it works really well. The only bad part, though, and I'm not sure much about the, you know, we're not going tech here, but the one downside is, is you can't sit literally on your lap and use it like a, a traditional laptop because of the stand and the keyboard is a little flimsy, so it's like a little wobbly, yeah. Can. So that's the only downside. So we'll get off to tech stuff and get yep. back to motorcycles. Yeah, and one other thing I was, you know, we mentioned the Motorcycle Men last week, and I was listening to another one of their episodes, and they were covering sort of like winter prep, you know, putting your bike away for the winter and things like that. I was like, you know, that's a good reminder. I should go down and take a look at the KLR. And wouldn't you know it, Rico? Registration expired. Shut up. Really? I was like, well, I guess we're not going to ride that today. No way. Well, at least one good thing, we don't have to winterize them down here. No, not too much. I mean, I kind of do with that bike, you know, because I don't ride it a heck of a lot. So I do kind of keep it on a stand and I don't put ethanol fuel in it and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd... I don't ride it enough. That's the problem. I need to get some more miles on it, and now I need to get it inspected. So we'll start there. Yep. Yeah, that's what's nice about living out this way. And, you know, I feel bad for the guys up north that have to store their bikes away during the snow season, snowy seasons. But, uh, yeah, we don't have that too much down here. And I think the, the thing I'm going to do, you know, just after listening to the show is maybe put either some cardboard or roll the bike up on some carpet because that was a nice tip that I had forgotten about, yep, uh, for sure. about you know, keeping, keeping the wheels off the, the concrete. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know. So are you going to ride anything in, in Mexico? Are you guys going to go out and tour on two wheels or you got other things planned? Definitely. Yeah. I've already started to look for uh, the dealerships. There's a couple Honda dealerships close. Um, there's a Harley dealership I'm going to hit up and um, hopefully get out on something. Uh, what's nice about San Miguel is it's mountainous and there's a lot of roads that you can kind of escape on. But the downside is it's cobble roads. So mm. it's really bumpy. So, you know, I'll probably ride on the highway for the most part. But yeah, that's that's the only downside about out here. Like almost every road is like a stone surface. Yeah, you need a KLR down there for sure. That would be just about right. That's the bike to have up here, or or quad runner. Awesome. All right. Well, we haven't done this in a while, but let's take a spin on the U-turn. All right. Well, this little piece of news, um, it's a little bit dated. And I know Alex mentioned it when we last had him on the show from Eat, Sleep, Ride. And a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months ago now, they officially launched their Android version. So this is a good opportunity for us to kind of remind everyone how much we enjoy the app. Um, I said that I was going to start it to do a little more uh, written work, some blogging, if you will. And we do have one big post coming up. We're going to take all of the pictures uh, from Barber, and we're going to make one sort of epic post on uh, Eat, Sleep, Ride. So we'll share that here pretty soon. But um, John was nice enough to get someone to beta test it um, a while back for Alex. And we have him on the line. His name is Matthew Williams. So he was able to get a pre-release copy of the Android version, test that out, and give some feedback. And now we'll get his take on it. So, uh, Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, uh it it was kind of rough. It's it start 
Uh, it works fairly well, but um, I don't run a standard build of Android. Right. So it, it would crash occasionally for me where it did not seem to be doing so for others, but it eventually got resolved. And it works daily when I use it uh, to ride. So, so far, good things. I guess it'd be nice to see more done or more promoted on the the social end of it because the infrastructure is there, but I know there's a couple people in the area, carry and other areas, that uh, you don't see a lot of events pop up for it. Yeah, just, just to kind of give the listeners a little background, so Matthew's a little farther east of John, so you're more... Are you all the way to 95, or are you not quite that far east? I am all the way to 95, so where Interstate 40 and 95 intersect, that's basically where I'm at. Gotcha. Well, the ride in there is not terrible, right? If you're up near 40, that's not too bad. It's got its ups and downs. There's a couple of, of windy roads, but not too terribly much. Uh, I ride into Durham when I go to work, and so it's close to... Uh, Chapel Hill and other areas that have actual mountains. Yep. So I was going to ask you, uh, the dashboard I think is pretty cool in terms of, and and this is something Alex mentioned when we had him on the show, was something to sort of get you to ride more. You know, I I called it gamification as kind of a dated term, but it's more like giving you something to shoot for. So here's a leaderboard. um, Here's some sort of ranking and stacking, if you will. and, And it's like, well, I had the most miles for the week or I've got the most miles in the group. But is that feature on Android yet, or is that still limited to iOS? It is indeed on Android, and uh, when it does record my ride correctly, I'm not entirely sure if you have to save the ride you do. in order for it. Oh, you do? Okay. Yep. That might be why I've had, it doesn't always reflect uh, on the leaderboard my rides. Okay, yeah, and there was a bug we discovered when we were down at uh, Barber where I recorded pretty much every ride from Rico's house to Birmingham. And when I got there, it said I had logged like 4,000 miles. <laughs> you need to yeah. ask, ask Matthew how many miles he does have on his uh, thing. I think he might um, have out-competed uh, you there, Rich. Say what? Uh, let me look. John's breaking up again. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think <laughs> I've already beat it, Rich. <laughs> and I just got my bike. Oh... Well, hang on, Rico. You didn't use it. You didn't use it going to Birmingham at all. I did not, but <laughs> so on, nevertheless, <laughs> on paper he doesn't have it, but yeah, he he's got the odometer to prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not entirely sure it's capturing everything for me as it should. It shows I have 14 rides in about 400 miles, but last week's ride alone was 50 miles. Oh, I thought you had like 4,000, I thought you said the other day. Oh, well, no, I do. I've put, so I, I got my bike in May and got it legal in May anyway. I got the bike in April. But I put 4,000 miles on since that time. Okay. okay. That's, where I was, that's where I was going. Uh, so before we cover two other quick topics, um, overall then, Matthew, you are uh, pretty happy with it? You're going to continue to use it even after the beta? Yes, indeed. Uh, and I've... I've already signed up for the crash protection, which to me is actually the most important part of the app. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I, I have, thankfully, I've not had a chance to need it thus far. <laughs> yep. I've tested it, and it does indeed send a, an SMS, and it calls the phone, so it, it's working for me. Now, John, John, keep me straight. If, if people want to hear more about this, the, the interview we did with Alex previously, um, tw- a 19 episode? Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll double check it, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, 
19. Okay. So yeah, just a reminder for the listeners, loudpipes.net slash 19, you can hear our interview with Alex Crooks, and he is the uh, president and CTO of Eat Sleep Ride, co-founder, uh, rider extraordinaire, and just an all-around great guy to have a conversation with. Yeah, it's 19, Rich, and also everybody remember that our uh, anniversary show, uh, which was 27, we had Alex on as well yep. to kind of celebrate our anniversary and follow up some more talks about the Eat Sleep Ride app, and and uh, that was pretty cool. Um, a question for you, Matthew, I know with us talking and everything, is there any features that you would like to see in the app that you know we could pass along back to Alex if he continues to listen to our show on his ride around the country? Yes, indeed. Actually, the, the, I, I know from the last discussions you'd had with them, they had started to integrate into the Apple smartwatch. So in case you did forget to turn on uh, your record button, mm-hmm. you could do that through the Apple Watch. And it'd be great if there was a widget on one of the home screens on Android that you could do something similar where you just one-click an icon, and if your GPS was off, it would turn it on for you, and it would automatically start to record from that point. Yeah, like a macro, for lack of a better term, right? You just It's a one-click button, and it does everything. Make sure your GPS is on, starts the app, starts recording, and you're good to go. That would be really nice. Yes, indeed, because you can get specialized, uh, almost like a super glue for the tips of your gloves and make it easier mm-hmm. to tap on a screen on the phone. But usually by that time, I have the gloves on, I'm ready to roll, and yep. you know, I forgot to start my app. and. Yeah, and I'm not sure the, to be honest, I'm, as much as I want an Apple Watch, I'm not sure that solves the problem either because it's most likely going to be under your gloves at that point. Yeah, or <laughs> under your coat or in, a, in, yep. in between one of those states, so yes. Cool. What's also nice about the app, and I've, we experienced this at Barber's, you know, how many times we went on the track and just saw, just seeing, being able to see the different lines you took around the track was kind of nice too. <laughs> Come on now, Rico. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about you. We'll talk about you. <laughs> or, or the lean angle, right, Rico? Yeah. So, all right, I have to share. So, we get off Barbara and we did five or six laps. I forget how many it was, but I'm all excited. I'm showing Rico I had Eat Sleep Ride running, and you just see me. It looks like a little kid was basically scribbling all over the track. <laughs> And then Rico pulls up his, and it looks like someone just drew one fat line around the track with like a felt tip pen. <laughs> That's a true racer right there, I might add. On the man like, counts. Hmm, look at that. But I, see, I was experimenting. I was trying to see. You know, oh, is, yeah. Is it that faster? You know, if I if I cut the corner, you know, do I want the apex? Do I want to stay out wide? You know, I was experimenting. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> you couldn't go very fast with those people in front of you anyway, so it didn't make much difference, Rich. Yeah, following a stupid dirt bike with knobbies. I mean, I was flying, right? Right. That was ridiculous. So, all right, a couple of quick new topics. All right, so two quick news topics to get into, and then we want to get to Matthew's stuff because he's got some cool things to talk about. And this this article is a little bit dated now. This was back on the 4th of November. But while we were talking about sort of the woes of Harley and, and not meeting their numbers and potentially laying people off, their uh, top marketing executive has also left the company. What? So, yeah. So I was reading that uh, their top chief um, is moving on. So 
although we did read that they were going to put the extra money into product development and and marketing and things like that, you know, having the chief marketing person step down, probably not a good time for that to happen. <laughs> I wonder if he went over to Polaris. Um, you know, it doesn't say where he was going, or does it? Not to follow and, up. Yeah. So you're going to make me research that now, huh? Not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, kind of remains to be seen. I think we we all sort of universally agree that Harley has a little work to do, even though they're still the segment leader. You know, got Polaris and Victory nipping at their heels, plus all sorts of inexpensive things from across the pond. So I think it's time to put a little coal in the fire. Like the live wire, although there's no coal involved there, <laughs> I guess. Right. Unless you're charging it from the grid, then then maybe you are putting it, filling it with coal. Anyway, so not much of a news story, but or might be a bigger news story. I'm not sure, but to me, it just was another sign that you know it's not all rosy up there in Milwaukee. All right, sorry to bore you guys. Moving on. Yeah, I fell asleep. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it wasn't Indian, remember? Uh. Well, well, this one is a pretty interesting story, but the better news is we want to let everyone know that we're going to cover all of it next week. So the ICMA show 2015 is happening right now um, in Milan. So a lot of cool bikes coming out of there. And one of the most exciting ones for me personally, and Rico, since he rode a Guzzi last time, is do you remember that MGX 21 concept they did last year? That bagger with the red cylinder heads on it? Yes, I love that bike, by the way. It looks like that's now going to be a production bike. Get out of here. Yep, the MG, MGX21 Flying Fortress. Well, there goes your your your, your modus, because the, the cylinder <laughs> heads are red, and, you know, it's a little cooler looking to me with the with the red uh, brake calibers and everything. Oh, forget about it. That'll be the way I go. Yep. So, yeah, just a little tease for next week. Like I said, we're going to cover all of the news from ICMA um, in a show that we'll do next week. And like I said, we're not necessarily going weekly yet, but, you know, this will be another one uh, within a week of the last one. So enjoy that. And we potentially have an interview coming up with a gentleman from Matthew's Fun Machine where Rico actually rode uh, the Guzzi California. And he's a aficionado. You know, he's ridden and studied Guzzi's for years. Um, so looking forward to that conversation, if we can get that all lined up. And sorry, John, did I step on you? No, I was just going to ask Rico, if, uh, since he loves the Guzzi, if he was going to, in the uh, Flying Fortress there, if uh, he was going to get rid of the Indian. Oh, no, no. Settle no, down, no, 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 no. Boy, settle down. <laughs> or, or better yet, are you going to get the Guzzi for the wife? You know what? If I if if she doesn't put it in velocity mode, then yeah, she could probably she would probably enjoy that bike. As a matter of fact, but um, as long as I can keep her out of the velocity mode, she'd be all right. I, I would imagine. Yeah. So let's get a take from our from our guest co-host. So so Matthew, what are you riding uh, currently? Currently, a 1987 Suzuki Intruder VS 700, which very nice. Such long names on these things, you know. I know it's. Nice short name. <laughs> but it's a fun, it's a 700 for sure, and it acts more like a 750. This was right around, there was a, an embargo or a restriction for uh, competing, bikes coming in from Japan, competing with bikes made here. So they had to dial down 
the Suzuki line, uh, 50 horsepower, 50 cc's, and it still makes about 54, 55 horsepower. But it's also my pretty bike. It's got a fair amount of chrome, but not enough to be over the top. But more importantly, on the plus side, it's paid off. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, all right. So that's more like a more like a cruiser and no windshield, right? No windshield. It. I tried actually. I had purchased one of the slipstreams from. Oh, the name escapes me. But no matter where I put the shield, I just got um, a ton of jitter in the helmet I had because I, I wear a full face helmet. Yeah. And. It just didn't work out for me, so I ended up sending it back. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of one of my major beefs of of a windshield at all. At, le- at least on a bike that's more of a cruiser, is that I just cannot stand any buffeting of the helmet, and I would much rather have the full blast of air in my face and in my chest than than to deal with any buffeting. Just just my preference there. Yeah, I, that's how I ended up going as well. And it's at first when I first started riding, it seemed really bad as far as full-on wind, but as I've grown used to it, I don't really mind it as much. Cool. All right, so sorry, back to the Guzzi real quick. What do you what do you think of this thing? Is that anything you would ever throw a leg over, or, or not really your style? Well, it's interesting. I like the bat kind of fairing on the front of it. It's kind of a cross between the Harley and the Victory. It's not really, it's not really that tall, um, and it's a little more sharp, more like a Victory. But it's it's still unique. It's a pretty interesting looking bike. Yeah, and I like so how they have. Tank. I'm sorry. I like how they had the windshields. Looks like two windshields in one, almost. Yeah, maybe the instrument uh, cluster sits in those two little cutouts. Yeah. So it's a side mounted beach one then. What do they call that? It, I mean, it is a. It's what 65 degree. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a 90 degree V twin, but it just sits. Um, I don't know what you call it. It's not transverse, but you know, it, 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 the shaft drives front to back because it's a shaft drive bike. It's not, you know, it doesn't have a belt and chain or pulley system. It reminds me a bit of the older BMWs as far as the way the engine sits there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely oriented right, like a BMW, like an R series, or you know, any any of the Airhead models with the the head sticking out the side there. Definitely. But it looks to be air or uh, liquid cooled, so good deal there. Yeah, and you know, Rico test rode one. I don't know if he caught up with last week's episode, but he test rode the California, which this is based off, and he he didn't really feel that it was that hot. You know, the heat sort of comes down the side of the bike, but doesn't really doesn't really bake you like you would expect with those heads poking out like that. Always good thing I've found the the intruder is sit in traffic. It's also liquid cold, and uh, another shaft drive motorcycle, but. I didn't have any problems this summer at all with it, so I was really happy about that. All right. So I think let's move on to some of Matthew's projects. So a couple of the reasons that we had him on is, uh, one, he has a really interesting project bike that we want to talk about. Uh, The second topic is he's a fairly new rider, so we do want to get his take on sort of coming up to speed and getting into the world of riding and, and sort of what he likes. And then hopefully we'll also talk about his video blogging a little bit towards the end. So we'd also encourage people to check out um, his videos on YouTube and we'll have some cool links to all this in our show notes, which will be loudpipes.net slash 32. John, am I right here? You are correct. We've got to make your internet paycheck. So 
Yeah, I've been slacking a few a couple weeks, right? Yeah, I like one of the first original ones <laughs> when you're going through traffic in this. I guess it was that pickup truck that came out on you. <laughs> yes, indeed. It had a tractor on the back of it or a lawn tractor on the back of it, and just guy was not paying attention or having a bad day or something. Yeah, that one is okay. not not safe for work though, or your kids. <laughs> oh no, certainly not. <laughs> I must have watched that and giggled like I don't know how many times. It was hilarious. Well, you did say to me that YouTube did kind of uh, reach out to you and ask you to uh, censor your stuff or put warnings, I think. Didn't you tell me that? No, it it was actually friends on Facebook. So I had started posting links to my vlogs on Facebook. And someone I knew back in high school who knew me as the goody two-shoes, good person, quiet person, never ever expect to be on a motorcycle at all, ever. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was watching this, and my twins were with me, and they're about the same age as my younger twins, or about five. And all of a sudden, the audio kicks on, and I had to turn it off really quick. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm an adult. We were, we've moved yeah. out of high school now. Right. Yeah, you so can now I watch put, these things before you let your kids watch it, too. Yes. And... Really, with a video title that was close, and with a description of, I almost got taken out the very first time I tried to ride this thing into work. You would think there might be some strong language. Yep. Cool. So yeah, like I said, we'll put some links to that. But I want to hear about this project bike. So this is this is one I've not I've not really heard of this bike much. I've seen a few. I didn't really know what they were. But now that I understand it's a V four, and I understand how much horsepower it makes. Um, give us the the backstory on your little project bike here. So it started out with the person that is over me where I work. He's also got the same bike. It's a Honda Magna V65. So Honda made these really, really big Magnas only from 83 to 86. And they also had a Sabre, which was, if you've ever seen one, they're, they're kind of strange. It's like a sport bike, sort of mixed with a, ter- a touring bike. It's different. And there was a full, almost Craig Vetter uh, fairing for the front of the Sabres. Mm-hmm. But this one is, the Magna is more of a cruiser style. Right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. And so I started trolling Craigslist looking for a cheap Magna that maybe I could buy and restore. And I, I didn't hit on anything for months. And then in August... One crept up in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I'd watched it for a bit, and it didn't really go anywhere, and it was still there after about two weeks, and I figured, well, it looks like this guy has refreshed his ad at least once. I wonder if he'd take less money than what he's offering in the ad. <laughs> Negotiate. And so we, yes, indeed. So we cruised down to Wilmington and met the guy, and he's a nice guy, but this was his first motorcycle. So the Magna comes 120 or 119 horse uh, stock from the factory. And this was his very first riding experience. Basically, he bought the bike, he let the bike sit, and he rode about a thousand miles from 2008 to present. So wow. it was in very, very rough shape. I mean, the yeah. all of the, the exhaust is kind of rusted out, because he's also in Wilmington, so dealing with all that salt air. And I, I, on this, I still de- decided to buy the bike. It might not have been the best decision in the world because it was really, really rough. It smelled of what I now know to be antifreeze. 
I'd never smelled burnt antifreeze before. That was a new one for me. I thought it was maybe burned a little bit of oil. But... Right. And I, originally I intended to ride this thing from Wilmington back to my house, which is, uh, I forget the miles. It might be about 90 miles because it's an hour and a half. Yeah. That kind of went out the window and I was glad I took a trailer when I went down there. So, so I brought it home. Oh, sorry, Rich. No, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I don't, we didn't mean to gloss over that, but, but Rico, 120 horsepower and this was 1983. That's a monster. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Jeez, oh man. Uh, yeah, how heavy is it, Matt? Do you know? It's 560 or 570 wet. Holy cow. So it's not it's heavy pretty, either. No, it is not heavy. It's about 100 pounds, 130 pounds more than the Intruder, but and the weight distribution is a little weird because it is really, really tall, and the pictures don't do it justice because it, for yeah. me, I'm only five foot eight and when i throw the leg over top of this thing and i'm standing up i'm tiptoeing in boots on this bike oh wow now is it can you sorry i was gonna say is it a little nose heavy but with the the engine like that or or no no it doesn't really seem to be and it another difference is it acts more like a sport bike in the amount you can lean on it because it'll tip over really far to the point where i'm not yet comfortable with the lean angle on it huh liquid cooled right it is oh, yeah, you said, yes. you said antifreeze, yes. yeah, duh. <laughs> yep. how, how big's your rear tire? <laughs> now, how one of the other things, what's that? Oh, the rear? I'm not sure. What, what was that question, Rico? How big's the rear tire in that? Oh, it was 1983, so probably not too wide, I would imagine. Right now, right? That's what I was trying to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look it up, and it, I'll have to do some searching real quick and see if I can... Find you the answer. It, look, it looks I'm, pretty chunky, though. I mean, t- in terms of the the sidewall, I don't know how wide it is. No more than a typical. I think it's about the same as the Intruder, just the rims big overall. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to derail you out there, but I just, I was like, man, 120 horsepower? And this was, I'm reading an old um, article where they had it on the dyno you know, back when it was original and it was measured 119 on the dyno. So that's crazy. And it revs out to something like 12,000 RPMs before it hits redline. Oh my goodness. Really? Yes. It's a monster. Yeah. I can imagine. Now any aftermarket exhaust on that thing? Nope. It's completely stock. Uh, the Kirker makes one, but it's, one of those holy grail situations of you got to find one used somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Or find, you become really good friends with a, an exhaust shop that might work with you. Because the exhaust on it's a little strange. It's There's four different uh, headers off of the cylinders that come into one big collector. And then it splits off to two exhausts off the sides of the bike. Very nice. So what what's the condition of it currently? So when when you got it, was it rideable, or have you been pretty much wrenching on it ever since? Well, it rode, and um, <laughs> there's a video. I think I use that loosely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a video I had given to John that was the sound of the engine when I first brought it home, and it is not a pretty thing. It's just all kinds of valve train noise, and I thought maybe I had an exhaust leak, but. Overall, what it's turned out to be was the right rear valves, because mm-hmm. I had to pull the valve covers. There was no way around it. 
uh, was off by like a half an inch. And mm. valves are measured in millimeter. <laughs> right. <laughs> we couldn't find, uh, I had a buddy up the street who's a mechanic who'd help me with that because I'm not real, I've never set a valve. It's my first time. And this one's got two valves per cylinder that open at the same time. So, so it's kind of, so it's, it's four a little valve, more. Four valve yeah. per cylinder then. Yep. So it's a little more tricky because you need to make sure that you don't set one of the valves correctly and then the other one goes and gets set a few millimeter higher or lower. Right. Hmm. Now, do you have pictures of uh, the valves being open and all that? I do. Uh, and I, the reason for it was there are some really good uh, forums out on the Internet that are dedicated to these V4s. And I needed just some guidance because apparently this particular V4 is subject to pitting on either the cams or the cam followers. And I was concerned that maybe I had uh, an issue with those given all the noise I was hearing, but in the end it just turned out to be the valve. Man, so Rika, we got to put this link in the notes, but the more I'm reading through here, back in the day when this was tested, it would do sub 11 second standing quarter mile approaching 125 mile per hour. <laughs> that is Man. sport bike territory. Yes, sir. Yes. Hey, Rico, the tire size is a 130, 90, 16 on the rear. Called it. 130, 90, 16. Yeah, you did. Good job. And the front one, is a 110, 90, 18. And the only reason I said 130 is there was kind of a, a limit or some sort of limit or standard back in the day. And there really was no tires bigger than that until the big wide tire craze started. So that was sort of the most you really could get for quite a while. So that's why I said 130, given the age, <laughs> 1983. Now, the ad for this motorcycle, by the way, was for a 1986 uh, Magna. But what actually turned out to happen here was the whoever had registered it, and it might have been the guy that I bought it off of, the insurance card he got was off by a digit in the um, serial number. So the insurance card says 86, and the registration says 86, but the bike itself is an 83. Yeah, you you mentioned that in the in the pre-show, and I forgot to ask. What? So why is that important? So 83 was the year to okay. own if you wanted to have one of these bikes. So there's three different carb sets through. 83 had one set of carbs, 84 to 85 had a second set of carbs, and then 86 had yet another set of carbs. And it changed the jetting on it. And basically, the 83 produced the most, the most horsepower, uh, was the fastest, and ran the best out of all the model year runs. Gotcha. So you kind of thought you had the dog of the run, and then it turns out you had the champion. <laughs> yes. And the, the, the handlebars are adjustable. They, they will pull back and forward, but they also turn in and turn out. Oh, like wrist angle? Yes. Oh. Wow, kind of like the Modus has adapted. Predecessor to the Modus idea. Look at that. And wow. so somebody who had owned this, so Dave Dodge was a, he lived in, it wasn't Holly Springs, it was near Charlotte area. He worked on these engines. That was his business. This motorcycle at one point in time went to Dave Dodge and got modified. So from the factory, there's, uh, the oil pickup is on the very bottom of the engine. Right. And if you didn't 
if you let the idle get too low on the bike, if you keep it below 1,500 RPMs, it starves the top end out of oil. Oh, okay. So someone figured out, and apparently originally originated with Honda Racing, that if you put a, a collector on the bottom of the oil pickup and run lines to the tops of the heads, it'll spray the tops of the heads with oil where it needs it most. Nice. So this one has that modification then? This bike has that, and it's braided uh, wire mesh. And it also has braided wire mesh brake clutch uh, lines as well. Very nice. Wow, you got to come up there then. Holy cow. Yeah, we got to come check this thing out. So it's running now, right? You're, you've got it, it running shape and rideable, or are you still working on that? It runs as of this weekend. Uh, and I've got the gas tank right now. I'm drying it out. I just de-rusted the main gas tank uh, this week. Over the last two weeks, though, I have been de-rusting the auxiliary gas tank, which is buried so far into the bike, it's not even funny. Oh, so the reserve is like a separate physical tank on this thing. Yes, it's point. It's not quite a gallon. It's almost there, but not quite. And it sits, so it, the bike needs, it needs a fuel pump because everything sits so much lower than the carbs right. that it needs that to get it back into the, the carb set. Huh. So everything goes through this little auxiliary tank, and the problem is all the rust ends up in there. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Wow. So I, I thought that I had cleaned it out. I'd done a really thorough job. I used rust, which is amazing stuff. I'd gotten the carbs clean. I had them back on the bike. And uh, I put gas in the auxiliary tank, and I fire things up, and it runs for a few minutes, and then it just quits. And it turns out what had happened was there's a mesh filter inside the auxiliary tank that you cannot get to unless you cut it apart, at which point you've ruined it. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's but awful. Yeah, not fun. The The rust would blow away from the filter inside the tank, and then as the gas was drawn through it, it all collect around the baffle and just clog the baffle entirely. Hmm. So I, you know, once again, I had to pull the entire tail section of the bike has to come off to get to this tank, and you have to partially pull the battery box out. It's basically the entire back end of the bike comes apart. You got pictures of this, I hope. <laughs> I do have some, yes. Some it, well, good it, links, yep. Yes, I'll, I'll put together a uh, several of the pictures that I've done throughout the project on the bike. And, and yeah. most of them, I think, are on Instagram. Yeah. Cool. But, so what's, um, I guess, so, so what's your plan for the bike? Is this going to become, you know, a, a daily rider? Or is this just going to be a project bike? Maybe customize it a little bit? What's What's kind of your vision for it? At this point... Just getting it running was the ultimate, the, the short-term goal. And then I guess in the spring, I would consider what I could do to make it more enjoyable, I guess, to ride for me. Right. And, and one gonna, of them, I'm sorry? No, I was, gonna, I was just going to say to Rich, he's probably going to ride it to Barber with us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it is. That's, that's what I was going to say was, uh, be ready to take a trip on that thing next year to uh, Barber with us and, you know, show that thing off? I might actually need a screen on this one because I'm finding that all the air deflects right up the front of the bike and hits me in the head. And it might just be I'm short. I'm not sure yet. Right. Well, you can go all the way to Barber and back without a windshield. That's been done. No, no I agree. I'm just <laughs> saying on this particular bike, I had it, I've had it only up to about 60 and the buffeting gets a little intense. 
Yeah, we, did, we okay. didn't go any faster than that, did we, Rico? Yeah. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so at all. <laughs> we can call you guys the bobblehead crew. <laughs> your heads will be bobbing around. But I, I, one of the pluses for me is this has got the what they call the six-pack rack. So it's just the backrest has a rack built into it on the very back of the bike. Just big enough for a six-pack? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> that would make sense then. Nice. But for me, it'd be able to, to carry my backpack and my laptops into work, where right now I kind of strap them down to the back of the intruder. And Scott, I, I don't know why they put the sissy bar on there. It stands about four inches tall. It's completely worthless. It would not serve a passenger very well at all. You'd be better off just with a flat seat back there. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's it's hard to keep the backpack from sliding one way or the other because it's really, really narrow too. It's only about six inches wide. Well for me for me personally, I'm I'm all about the noise. So if I had a V four like this, I would be hunting down that proper exhaust because that's what I would want to hear. You well, know, yeah, some sort of aftermarket exhaust or or maybe fabricate something, you know, lightly baffled. But just, yeah, that that must sound great. It does sound mean. I mean, it doesn't even sound... Uh, a lot of the the newer bikes sound kind of pacified. Like, I'd gone in and looked at yeah. V-Stars, and they sound nice, but it's just kind of wimpy. And when this thing starts up, it just sounds mean. Like, hey, take me out. Do you remember the... the the funny car with the guy with the googly bug eyes from the seventies, maybe. Funny, you're talking about the the, the driver or the car, or like a character, like the it car. It was a caricature of a guy with a big old honking stick shift made out of an eight ball with. Oh yeah, that was for um, was that Big Daddy Don Garlitz? Was that like his character? I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name though. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But it's like that caricature. Rat it reminds me of that. It just yeah, I bet it was Rat Fink. But it just reminds me of this bike wants to go. It wants to go really fast, and you better just hold on best you can because you're going one way or the other. Yep, it's Ratfink, one of one of the hot rod characters created by Ed Big Daddy Roth. There you go, pretty cool. So, what color you gotta in, end up painting that bad boy once you get it all ready? I'm not sure yet. It it's black right now, and I don't think that was the standard color actually for. 83 they the 83 came in a red or a purple but so all my gear and they you might laugh at this and i don't care but all my gear is high vis so um i think if you look at my profile picture on youtube you can see what i'm wearing yeah there's not there's nothing wrong with that i mean no sir not i had a I had a close call in the summer and that's what the guy said he couldn't see me so no, nothing wrong with high vis my friend <laughs> so i think it'd be not quite like Kawasaki green, but maybe something to match what I typically wear, right. which is, I'm sure would not turn a lot of people on, but it'd be my thing. Well, you could still keep it in the Emerald family. You don't have to go that that bright with it. That's true. And maybe do, uh, so the engine is aluminum painted black, and I'd love to sandblast it or media blast it of some kind uh, and repaint the engine to actually match what I want it to be. Yeah, just the picture I see online, I'd like to invert it. Instead of the black engine with the silver fins, you'd rather see it more like silver, and then you black out the fins. Yeah. You know, kind of just invert what they've got. Because it's really pretty if you strip all that paint away. It's really nice-looking aluminum. but And it's in later model year. So that, that another thing that makes it verified it was an 83 was... Mm-hmm. 
much more engine paint on the earlier models than were on the later models. They got a little chintzy in their later years. <laughs> well, in the later years, they started to show more chrome, more of the aluminum look, versus just painting over everything on the engine. Gotcha. Neat. So the cylinder heads, the thing that I always notice about uh, Japanese V-twins is the the cylinders are always offset, or generally offset. So are these in line, like front to back, or is like the rear cylinder offset a little bit from the front ones? And I, and I only ask, is like, does that make it, because it's so wide, does that make it awkward in the saddle? Like, you know, you have one piece of the engine farther to the left or right? No, they're actually, they're in line like you have with a regular okay. V-twin, but just side by side with the uh, both of the cylinders. You know what? It's not uncomfortable. Um, I've mentioned I sat on a B-Star, and it was only like a 650, because I was shopping around for my first bike, and I found that seat to be incredibly uncomfortable. It, it felt like my hips just were going to pop off my body with how wide the seat was. Hmm. And these 80 bikes don't seem to have that same kind of thing. They're much more narrow profile. Yeah, I so see you've got standard controls here, so your feet aren't out forward. Like, is your... Um, forgetting the name of your other bike already <laughs> oh the intruder the intruder is that forward controls or is that more mid mid and standard well it's mid standard but someone replaced the pegs with jardines okay so you have a so little some, more reach maybe or so well someone had originally maybe had the forward controls on it and decided to just strip the pegs off of those and shove them on the standard spot it's bizarre hmm. interesting yeah it's as bikes get older and parts get replaced on them, it's interesting what you find years down the road. John, do you remember uh, my buddy Jay from college? He had a Intruder 800. I don't know if you ever saw that or not, but he had one of these too. Yeah, it's a sharp looking bike. I gotta add. I can't wait to see it in person. Yeah, and I want to. We'll we'll post a link to the video of you starting this thing up because I. I've got to hear it. I didn't actually get to that when I was looking at a bunch of your other ones, but I didn't get to the, the startup. Or, or did you post that? I know you said you, as of yesterday it was running, but is that video up? It is up, and it's uh, either it, it Lives or Magnus Alive is the title. It'd be my most recent one as of today. What is today? 17th of November. Well, let's pipe it in then. Hold on. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's pipe that bad boy in. Hold on you, now. You got this technology over there, Rich. Or we got this technology, you know. All right, boys and girls, moment of truth. The popping's half unburnt gas still sitting in the exhaust from where I flooded it. Okay. And I, I might still have a float that's not set 100%. I'm going to play around with the uh, the idle. Oh, what is it? Like the the high idle or the, what do they call it? Uh, there's a... Set screw Yeah, there's a set screw that <laughs> originally had covers over it because the EPA said, you can't touch those. Um, right. But setting that actually affects all the other fuel flows because that uh, it's where it starts and then it affects the low idle jets and the high idle jets, the whole thing. 
it's a really, really complicated carb. It's fascinating to look at, but a pain in the ass to work on. Well, the funny thing is it, it sounds amazingly smooth for a V-twin. I mean, as you rev it up, it sounds more like an inline four. You know, it smooths right out. Yeah, and the, the power band on this thing apparently is right about 3,000 RPMs all the way up to 12. That, that is sport bike territory for sure. Yeah, it is, no doubt about it. But it's impressive from being an 83, you know? Yeah, and I forget, I keep forgetting about these bikes. Even like the VMAX they compare it to, I, I keep forgetting about that little gem, you know, in terms of, you know, it's still a cruiser and it just makes a ton of power. So, in other words, uh, Matthew needs to come down there with you, Rico, and you guys need to go take a little spin then. Yes, he does. For sure. And take out that, you know, take the Dar 6 and see if he can keep up with you. That, that'll be the test right there. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, oh, there's a... And Rico likes to wrench, too, so you, you guys would be like two peas in a pod for a while. Oh, yeah. I got all the twos for it, too, brother. I can watch, drink beer and watch. Oh, man. I, so one of the worst things on this bike, I had to get the rear tire off, and it's a 27-millimeter nut for the axle. And I could not, for the life of me, turn that thing with the tools that I had in the house. I ended up having to hit it with an impact wrench, and then my neighbor up the street let me borrow a two-foot or two-and-a-half-foot breaker bar. Holy cow. Nice. I'm surprised you didn't snap that thing. Oh, I was happy I didn't, but at the same time, I'm thinking, man, if I'd been on the side of the road needing to change this tire, I'd have been stuck. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is certainly a beast. So if I can transition a little bit, is the Intruder, now is that your first motorcycle? And Because I know you're a fairly new rider. Um, I didn't know if that was your first one or if you've had some other bikes along the years. You wanna? We can segue off to some of your riding a little bit. Well, how sure. new is he, though? <laughs> yeah, so when did you start riding? I started riding motorcycles in May of this year, 2015. That's Get out new. of town. And you got two bikes? It's <laughs> pretty now, new. Wow. It's new to motorcycles. Now, I I've, I've grew up in the countryside uh, in the middle of Pennsylvania, so four-wheelers and three-wheelers and bicycles and everything is just never a motorcycle. Oh, so have you fallen over yet at all on either one of these things? Do I have to answer that? Yes, I have. Um, <laughs> the the first week out on the intruder, I'm just putting around the neighborhood because I don't have tags on it yet. And so the intruder's got uh, it's buckhorn style um, controls on the for the the hand, handlebars. And to someone that's used to a straight bar for like a regular pedal bicycle, the buckhorns are really weird as far as the feel on the front end at slow speeds. They're awkward. I, they are. I've ridden only once with them on a sports there. It is awkward. No other way to say it. Yeah, it was. it's strange getting used to them, and I, I'm, I'm okay with them now, but it's really hard to, to go slow with them. That is for darn sure. And I was trying to make a left-hand turn at the end of the development to ride it on back to the house, and I was going way too slow, mm. and the bike just kind of screeched and fell over, and I scratched up the, the turn signal on the left side, but that was it. So you really just kind of dropped it. It really wasn't a sort of oh, crash or anything. No crash. It just fell over on me. Well, don't, don't feel bad because our, our buddy from uh, motorcycle men, uh, Tim, he falls over a lot. So it happens to a lot of guys. <laughs> but one of the nice things I really like about the, uh, the intruder is I can flat foot at the light. I can just sit there and kind of relax. And if it's not hilly, I can just leave my hands off the bars and chill, you know, lean back a bit. 
so funny. My my old, oldest son was asking me to just tonight, actually, before he was going to bed, we talking about motorcycles, which we do often, and my wife just rolls her eyes. But somehow it came up about crashing the bikes. I, I'm not really sure how. You know, he's like, have you ever crashed a bike or something? And I'm like, oh, yeah, the KLR all the time. And he's like, what about your Harley? I was like, no, never. And then he just stopped, and he's like, why not? I'm like, well, I'm a better rider. I'm like... <laughs> You know, it's I'm used to it. I just, I don't know. I'm like, I didn't I, I didn't have an answer for him. He's first. just like, why not? <laughs> so I I took it kind of as a jinx. I was like, oh no, that means now the bike's going to go on the ground. Oh man! Or or, I mean, or the worst thing, Rich, you might have a accident. I don't, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you bring up the KLR, and uh, that's one of the things I actually really want to get into is riding dirt bikes and at least two of my children out of five would really, really enjoy it. And surprisingly, it's one of my daughters that is, we have one of those razor bikes, the real tiny, I don't know, 75 CC equivalent kind of thing. But, the electric? Yeah, electric. And it's, <laughs> it's really, it's not all that fast, but she's really very good at controlling it. And I think it'd be a blast to get the kids out in the dirt on dirt bikes and Yeah, it would be good for spending time with dad, and it would be good for learning to control something that goes faster than a pedal bike to get them ready to be on the actual road. Well, CAW, Rico, only if you have your own bikes, because they only rent them. I think you've got to be 16 or 18 to rent down there. You know what I mean? Well, he'll just have to get like a four-wheeler, and that would be the same thing. Yeah, or or pick up a couple of cheap used bikes you know yeah cheap, i have not bikes. found a cheap used dirt bike yet i've been looking but <laughs> i guess to me a 1200 dollars dirt bike is not cheap yeah yeah hmm let's see what else was i gonna ask you? okay so you so you started in may and you commute what would you say almost every day or is it like a couple times a week what's your what's your um cadence there at this point it's once a week and the reason behind that is my normal commute is 50 miles, and it's, that's not horrible. I mean, I can do that in an hour on the interstate, but when I take the bike, I do not take the interstate, and two reasons. One, uh, we have what is called Project Fortify right now surrounding Raleigh with all kinds of construction. Now, it was named by the people of Raleigh Crawley because they, they put a poll out to see, hey, what should we name our work zone for whatever reason? And everybody loved Crawley because of all the traffic problems it's going to cause. And the city said, no. No, we can't do that. We're going to call it Fortify. Fortify, okay. Yeah, Sounds like a so, defense contract. <laughs> yeah. It's 12 miles of 40 on the, I don't know what side of the belt line it is. It's, it's the it's west just, side. Yeah, it's on the southern part of it, of, of the 44-40 split. And uh, the bad part about it is if you go back and look at some of the history of what has happened on the road, um, they didn't mark the lines correctly, and there's been many accidents where drivers are thinking they're in the lanes, and they've ran into somebody else because the lanes didn't exactly – they got confused with the line markings. And I know one day I was driving over there, and I almost had one. I was like, whoops, jumped lanes. So. Yeah. That's it's famous. particularly bad in the rain as well. And what's happened is there's a bunch of cracks. So the reason they're replacing all this, there's concrete underneath the blacktop. 
and they put down the blacktop to be a patch, but the concrete's eating through the blacktop. Nice. There's some kind of chemical difference between the two, so there's these big splits in the, the blacktop, and unfortunately, it's not like they used that for the where the lane ends. That's kind of three-quarters into the lanes, and so there's markings all over the place there. It's just a complete mess. So I have no love or desire. Yeah, for the highway. To, yeah. yeah. So most of your riding in, like you said, side roads, but have you spent much time on the highway then? No, I've not. I've spent some on the Durham Freeway, and I guess to me, when I want to ride, I want to see more of the side streets. Right. Well, yeah, if you if you have a preference, right, we would all like to ride the side roads, but, you know, kind of like coming back from uh, from Barber, you know, we just, it was really more of a mode of transportation. We just kind of needed to to get home. So we had no choice but the interstate, but that's an interesting debate, um, probably for another day at this point, but you know, it's always interesting whether you're safer sort of on the big open highway or on the side roads. And I don't know the way drivers are nowadays. I'm not sure there is a a quote safe place, (laughs) but that that's interesting. Um, as a new rider that, and I think this is natural that you sort of, you tend to stay away from the, the big roads as we call it. And I guess another big reason for me on the the bike that I typically ride, the Intruder, it is so loud at any speed over 50 miles an hour that you don't hear the wind coming across your helmet. You hear the pipes. That's all you hear at any speed, even up to not highway legal. We'll go with that. well, it's kind of like it's kind of like right behind Rich. Yeah, I was going to say. You yeah, can, you can certainly tag along with us then to Birmingham. <laughs> you fit right in. I mean, Matthew, I showed some of the video of, of from Birmingham with us and the driving, and and you could hear Rich's you know motorcycle in my you know recorder of him just in front of me. Yes. You know? So so I mean that's how loud Rich is, and oh my goodness. So being. On the highway at that at a highway speed for an hour with that in your head the whole way would geez, it wouldn't be very comfortable. Now yeah. I wear ear protection. Um, I have worked factory jobs growing up and I have lost some of my hearing that it's just it's never coming back. So I take a lot of precautions now to make sure that's not going to get any worse. Gotcha. You know, do you have any ringing or anything, or just have hearing loss? Occasionally, and it, yeah. it drives me nuts. And it just comes on out of the blue. Just all of a sudden, one of the ears will just go numb, and hmm. all you hear is a ring in it. And it'll go away after a few seconds. And I don't ever want to get to the point where that is all I ever hear. Yeah, I've, I've heard people that have, uh, it's called tinnitus. Tintinitis. Or, or tintinitis. It's pretty aggravating from what I understand. Cool. I think, Oops, sorry, go ahead. Well, I think there's actually means to help with that now, but they're not perfect. Yeah, it's kind of like a noise canceling system, right? For your, for your ears, right? Or like a noise canceling uh, earpiece. Like, uh, nerve stimulators, I think, that help get rid of it as well. But the key is don't lose it in the first place, right? So exactly. <laughs> protect your ears or tone your bike down. But it, I mean, that's that's a hotly contested topic because I think the wind noise is more damaging than the pipes will ever be. Certainly at highway speeds. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So to uh, the quick research back about CAW and and their age requirement, you must be 16 or older to uh, ride rental of ATV or side-by-side. must be 18 years or older to rent. Yep. Dirt bikes can be ridden by any age-capable rider. 
Oh, okay. There you go. I didn't realize the dirt bikes were wide open. Nice. Yeah, so Matthew, I'm not sure if we told you that. Uh, this is a, It's called Carolina Adventure Road, about um, 40 minutes south of Charlotte, between Charlotte and Columbia. There's a 2,700-acre, uh, 100-mile trail off-road park that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's um, pay, pay to play. You know, it's like twenty five bucks. You ride all right. day. It's really nice. Yeah, I think there's a couple so, advertised in Durham as well that are similar. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think there's any in Durham. Um, the closest one would be to you. There's something out by you um, that I would highly recommend not going to. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> um, the, when I went, unfortunately, um, they were riding ATVs. They're driving around, drinking beer on. You know, ATVs, and it's just like a party place. Was that the state um, park? Was that like Morrow Mountain area? No, no, it was called. I can't remember what it was called. Um, and then there, the other one that's a state park over here is called um, Uari. I think it's what it's called. You, oh, Uari. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, but uh, last time I heard about that one, it was there's a bunch of rocks and and it's really rough and stuff. So, uh, and the cool thing about Carolina Adventure Orders as well is they mark the trails. They're one way, two ways. They let you know um, the place that out east was not any markings. It was just, it was pretty, I wouldn't say nerve-wracking, but it's like not comfortable. So, yeah. And we, we, we've got on CAW, Rich, I know your favorite trail number four, and you can just rip your, open it up as much as you want to rip it. And you don't have to worry about somebody coming your way. Yeah, and Rico got his first taste of dirt this year, so... He's got the bug now. That's right. Loved it. Loved it. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, we got it. You know, last year we did a planning episode. Remember, we did kind of a, a year in review and then we did a planning episode. So we need to do that again and kind of map out, you know, let's get a a dirt day in, you know, hit Easy Rider, you know, Barber, you know, let's check, check everything off and set it up for next year. It'll be, be a lot of fun. I've already created a list and I think it's more events than I have weekends for. <laughs> on my list <laughs> yes. or, brownie, or, or, or brownie points or brownie points yeah yeah you just gotta get a, a bigger bucket <laughs> which i'm not getting any more points sitting down here in the basement by the way <laughs> right <laughs> so that's cool yeah so back sorry back to the um intro rider intro rider a beginner rider so if you could give one tip then matthew i guess as someone who's who's relatively new to riding at least on the street um if there's I guess if you could start over right now, having ridden for a few months or, you know, maybe approaching a year, um, if you could give one sort of one tip to sort of save someone time or maybe help flatten their learning curve, uh, what would that be? Or maybe have a, a series of them, you know, feel free. I probably should have gone ahead and done the, oh, what is it? The co- the courses that are offered by like the community colleges and, uh, yeah, MS, MSF. Yeah. The safety classes. Yes, that would have been helpful, um, especially coming into it with no experience at all. Well, and, and I got to say, I, I watched one of your videos where you got a handful of throttle in the wet and it slid yeah. out on you and, and you recovered that. That was pretty impressive for someone who's only ridden on the street for a few months. So I was I was saying kudos for that. I didn't, didn't realize you hadn't um, you know, sort of taken the safety course. So that's good. Good reflex, at least. <laughs> and, and, well, and what might have helped me... I think is I my very first vehicle was a standard shift car, right? And so I've owned two stick shift cars over the years, and I I like them, I prefer them. But as I get older, my knees say, you know, I don't 
know that you could do that daily anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like you said, the kind of commute you're doing, that's just, that'll get old fast. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that maybe helped me because it's, once you get into the mindset of, all right, your left hand, your clutch, remember that at all times, if you ever get into trouble, any kind of trouble, grab the clutch, doesn't matter and cut power to the engine any way you can, which is what I think saved me in that video. Yeah, and you, you, know, you, you steered right into it and kept it upright, so it was, that was pretty cool. And I, I think you're right. Maybe had you been on the heavier bike or maybe a little more powerful, it might have just gone right out from under you. And the, the only problem with that intersection is you have to just, you need to blast into it because the, there's traffic that comes up over that hill. Mm-hmm. And the, the road is a 55 posted limit, but yeah, most folks aren't doing that. They're doing 60, 70, so... Uh, it's a blind hill, unfortunately, and I guess now I know, make sure you are upright and cleared the actual intersection before you gun it. Cool. Awesome. Well, I, um, I do want to touch on one more topic. I know we're running long again. We seem to be in this hour plus theme lately. Um, so now that you're, uh, you're out there riding, I understand you're doing a little video blogging as well. So catch us up on, uh, on what you're doing there. Yes. So, I guess uh, people always ask other folks that are in doing the video blogging, why just start? And I guess for me, I always have a running, running commentary in my head of the theme I got going on. I'll, I'll put on the radio in the car, let's say, and just it's in the background. But you always have that stream of consciousness just going on as you think about what's coming up for the day or maybe what happened last night. And... I noticed other people doing it, but actually talking and capturing that on film right. as they ride around. And I thought, well, you know, I could do that. Uh, it, I think it came up in our pre-call that I'm autistic and I have kids that are autistic. So I I have a hard time interacting with people socially when I'm actually in the same room. Calls and things like this, I love. It's great because right. it's, it's easier. I don't have to make eye contact. And so talking to myself in my helmet as you go down the road... <laughs> Pretty easy to do. Yeah, yeah there's the, well, and there's nobody to talk back to you. You know, there's there's no dissenting voice. It's just you're getting your thought out, and whether it's venting or a tip or mm. whatever, it's just fun to do. Well, it's got to be a some degree of uh, therapeutic for you as well. Like you're, yeah. I mean, I'll admit sometimes when you're out there riding, especially because I don't I don't believe in like a radio or anything. You, you do kind of get to points where you're like, okay, this is a little too much alone time right now <laughs> you know it's like you're kind of in your own thoughts for too long and i guess that's probably a good outlet then especially when you're just sort of fighting traffic on the way to work though yes it's very cathartic and it's especially when you have people that are like you know i've just left the house and you're already on my tail i mean what's going on with you today just stuff like that it's good to just get it out there you know yeah indeed well, good stuff. So, yeah, like I said, we'll post some links to to your uh, YouTube channel there. I've, I've certainly enjoyed the videos. I've checked them out. I will throw out the disclaimer again. They're not necessarily suitable for children <laughs> or, or for work, depending on where you work. Um, but, yeah, what do they say? Viewer discretion is advised. Yeah, I kind of threw up a little screen about that, and uh, I'm going to be reworking that because someone asked me – what's up with this? It doesn't make any sense. And I thought it was funnier than it actually turned out to be, sadly. Yeah, it's good stuff. 
Yeah, so we we talked a little gear. Um, I understand. What do you have? A GoPro Four, right? You said Hero yes, Four. Yes, the, the Hero Four Silver Edition. And a and a separate mic in your helmet, so you're obviously not using the sound from the camera itself, which we all know is terrible. Yes, and when you pipe in uh, a microphoned input into the camera, it sounds really really good. Yeah, we've only experimented with that just a couple of times, and nothing that's really made it to YouTube yet, mainly because, uh, well, video is hard for me. <laughs> and that's kind of where I was going, is are, are you editing that much, or are you pretty much just um, doing it sort of in one take as you go and just posting it sort of raw? Are you doing any massaging there? In the beginning, I was doing some more edits, but I have found um, not a theme, but a, a rhythm to what I'm doing, what I'm saying. And a lot of the times it's coming out to about 9 minutes to 11 minutes, which is nice. And I'll stop for things like uh, lights and stop signs because apparently that bores the ever-living heck out of people. And Stopping? Yeah, stopping and sitting in traffic. People hate that. I don't know what it is. But hmm. the other thing is, as you're sitting there talking to yourself in your helmet and you're gesticulating and your head's moving around, other people look at you and... You're already on a motorcycle, so they think you're nuts. But then you further prove it with your actions of your head moving around and your arms and hands flailing. So it, it's it's better to be moving while you're doing that, you know? Yeah. All right. Good stuff. So, and I guess as a... Go ahead, Rico. You know, I was just envisioning us sitting in traffic going to park. <laughs> yeah, we were dancing and having a good old time. Good stuff. But I guess I have one more quick question on that one, and then we'll we'll move it forward. So as a, a relatively new rider, that doesn't concern you any in terms of distraction, or or is it sort of a benefit for you, you know, kind of talking and recording as you're riding along? So far, it's not been a distraction. In fact, listening to, so I've got a Cena Bluetooth headset uh, mounted to the helmet, and I've found that occasionally that is more distracting than me actually talking uh, and recording it. Oh, meaning like you get notifications or calls or like what do you mean by the, it, uh, the well, Bluetooth it, distracting? It's no, when I'm listening to music, there's so. Oh, okay. Occasionally you'll be listening to a song and you'll just really, really get into the rhythm of that song. And like for me, there's been a couple of songs that I no longer listen to these bands when I'm in a moving vehicle because I will get a moving violation. <laughs> yeah. It's the same band. Every single moving violation I've ever received in my life, you know, 20 years on the road, it's the same band. So I avoid that band. But it was another band that was playing. It had a really good beat, and I'm just jamming along. And I look up and see, oh, look, fire truck. And then I look forward, (laughs) and I realize, oh, crap, everybody stopped. (laughs) And there was no real reason to stop. You know, we had a light, but the light was green, and traffic was moving past the fire truck. But it was that whole looky-loo behavior of, "Ooh, did somebody die?" Oh man! Ta- speaking of not paying attention, and John and Rico, I don't know if I shared this with you, but did I tell you about the incident we almost had coming back from Myrtle Beach? I don't know if I shared no, this one. No, no, this is new. Oh man, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. So, oh, do tell. <laughs> there was a, a really nice Harley riding two up. And, you know, we're kind of leapfrogging, like they would pass us, we would pass them for like an hour. You know, we're all going to go in the same direction. And then when you come back from Myrtle Beach on the way to Charlotte, you know, it's kind of like highway for the most part. And then at some point you end up on a two-lane road for a good part of it until you get back to like Charlotte roads. And we're 
we're on a, a two lane stretch of the road where it's relatively slow. I think the speed limit is is like forty five or fifty, but traffic was not really going that fast. And I'm just kind of staring off to the right hand side. There was a place selling RVs and there were some interesting RVs and trailers parked out front. I'm checking them out. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. And then I look up and the cars in front of me are stopped. So I'm on the brakes. The crappy traverse does a nosedive. And then I realize I'm running out of real estate. So I kind of move to the right just in case I don't stop. I don't want to hit this guy. I'll at least be in the ditch. And the motorcycle that we had been leapfrogging happened to be behind us. So apparently he wasn't paying attention either because next thing I know, he goes by us on the left side. Like, you know, he's in a nosedive as well, but he goes by us on the left side because he couldn't stop either. Oh, man. And and then he's mad at me. He's like flipping me off and waving his hands. I'm like, dude, you weren't paying attention either. I mean, <laughs> if you went by me that far, <laughs> you were not yeah. paying attention either. <laughs> So, I, I yeah, I kind of felt like a jerk because I'm like, oh, geez, that was another rider. And, you know, kids in the car aggravating me, just not paying attention. And, yeah, so that was my kind of my embarrassing story coming back from Myrtle Beach a couple weeks ago. And did you get a side eye look from the missus? Oh, yeah, it was like eye roll. And she's like, what, what are you looking at? Or, like, what are you not looking at? And I was like, do you see those nice RVs over there? <laughs> Like, look at those things. Oh, man. <laughs> look at that toy hauler. <laughs> <laughs> and what did she say? <clears throat> yeah. No. Yeah. She's like, I, do you want me to drive? And I was kind of, then I was thinking, I was like, you know, because I hadn't finished editing whatever episode we were putting out that week. I was like, <laughs> you know, if you drive, I could finish editing the show. <laughs> nice. Uh, Funny. Yeah. I, th- I thought I shared that before, but it's kind of embarrassing. So I guess I didn't. Oh, you know, no, you we mentioned... would remember that, right, Rico? We will. We would have. Right. Yeah. We'll Sorry about sure. that, Matthew. No, that's right. But you'd mentioned editing, and if that's a problem for uh, what I'm doing, a lot of other, well, maybe uh, I wouldn't go with a lot, but other motor vloggers actually put in cute little music bits or in between bits when they're riding, but it's not my style. And in addition to that, I don't typically. I don't have anybody else to edit in, so I don't have to be merging a lot of clips, so it's not too difficult to do. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was only curious because I, the thing that sort of holds me back is I try to get all cinematic and crazy with making our videos, and I kind of realized I should just take the approach, you know, we've got the video, assemble it, put it together, and put it out there. It's better than nothing, because right now I'm just stuck in, you know, sort of producer mode, and, and there's nothing out there, which is the worst case scenario, right? True. And I guess what worries me is I don't have a... I'd like to put song in at some point, maybe a, like a time-lapse video or you know, a day in my traffic life, but yep. finding the correct royalty-free music is not always the easiest thing. It's tough. It's tough. And we're, we've... Did, well, not to get too far into how the sausage is made, but we're kind of making our own music for the show, and hopefully we'll have something for listeners here soon. Uh, maybe even the next episode, <clears throat> Rico, you know, we can uh, kick it off with some new music. Well, you first got to get back in the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, John or Rico, you guys got uh, any other questions for Matthew? I've I've heard a lot of good stuff. I'm. Yeah, I think he has um, given his life story almost. 
<laughs> which is great. You know, I'm excited to check out the videos and uh, revisit some of that. Uh, I just can't wait to see the the, 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 the final work on this bike, on the uh, 96 Honda V65 Magna. 83. 83, sorry. I mean, what are you doing, sleeping over there or something? Yeah, I did kind of doze. You did catch a little nap? Good man. (laughs) Good, good. I am by myself over here. All right, John. No, I'm all all good with Matthew. Thanks for having him on. I'm glad we were able to line this up. And as I know, he's, uh, I work with him and I got him turned on to the show. And I know, uh, I think he started 25, episode 25. I think he started, he didn't go back to the beginning. No, not yet. But not yet. What's, what's nice about the show is he usually runs right about my entire commute length. Nice. So I can get more, the, the whole podcast in, you know, just one shot. And I know that's uh, kind of to go back to Rich, that's his goal of the hour, you know, time as a commute because we've, it's a commute time and it's pretty awesome. And, and thanks for coming on. And, and I know he really loves it. I, I, he comes to me and asks me about the show and what's next one coming out. And so, you know, I kind of keep him up to date. So it's kind of cool. So thanks, Matthew, for supporting our show and spread our word of our show so we can grow bigger. I will indeed do so. It was fun. I'm, I'm trying to get more into doing shows like this and hangouts on the Internet and meeting like-minded people, at least in the motorcycling community. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And we collaborate with some guys offline, like we said, the Motorcycle Men and um, there's a, another fairly new podcast out there called the throttled podcast. So we've been, we've been speaking with them, you know, kind of giving them some tips and bring them up to speed. So yeah, that's another one that we sort of encourage people to check out. It's called the throttled, the throttled podcast. If I can get that out there, um, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Well, good deal. All right. Well, speaking of show notes, um, those can be found on our website at loudpipes.net slash 32 for this episode. We'll have links to all of Matthew's videos, um, images of the bike, some sound, some cool stuff that you can see there. Um, We also have links on our website to subscribe. That is the best way to get your updates for the show automatically through something like iTunes, Stitcher Radio. If you're on an Android device, there's a one-click Android button there that will help you get subscribed. If you're into social media, we have links on the page header, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. When I ever get around to posting a video, you can check those out. Uh, we also encourage people to leave star ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio or your favorite uh, podcast application that does allow for uh, ratings and reviews. That's a good way to help promote the show. Uh, if you feel the show is less than five stars or if you have questions or comments or you just want to chat, you can drop us a note at feedback at rdubstudios.com. Uh, Rico or John will read that and reply to you. Or you can click our feedback link on the website header, rwstudios.com or loudpipes.net. And lastly, I'll just have one more reminder. If you enjoy the show and you want to help us grow a little bit, check out our donation page, loudpipes.net slash donate. And don't forget, when if you do donate to the show, there's a link to subscribe to our newsletter where you'll get advance notice of what's going on uh, what's happening with us, some behind-the-scenes information and, and things of that nature. Gentlemen, thank you again. Rico, thanks for piping in from Mexico. Much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. John, thanks for all the tips. And, and Matthew, great uh, great time. Welcome back anytime. No problem. In fact, I'd love to whenever you guys have a free spot. Good deal. All right, I'm going to put my kickstand up. I'm going to finish this pumpkin ale and ride out. Take care. Take care, guys. Later. Shabila. 
not getting off that easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This has been an R-Dub Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio. <laughs>